Welcome to the Innovate for Impact podcast. This podcast is for leaders in the social sector like you who want to make a difference. Each episode is packed with practical ideas on how you can be more innovative and create an even bigger social impact. We share our ideas on what you can do and also speak to leaders from the sector to share best practice. So let's get into it and let's talk impact. Welcome back to the Innovate for Impact podcast. I'm Dan Bentley. Tracy Newman's here as well. Before we do get into today's episode, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. So I'm in Melbourne. I'm on the lands of the Boonarong people of the Kulin Nations, and I'd like to pay my respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. And I record here in Adelaide, so I would like to recognise the Ghana as the traditional custodians of the Adelaide Plains region and pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging as well. Nice. Trace, what are we talking about today? Today, we're really happy. We're going to be talking all about mission focus. And when we're talking about mission focus, we're not talking about that thing that's written on your strategic plan that's somewhere on your website. We are actually talking about your big, bold ambition that brings everyone in your team along on the ride. We're talking about the fuel and we're going to be talking about how that is the juice that so many of our clients have that they don't fully maximize. Yeah, and this is the one area that a lot of not-for-profits have in abundance but aren't using. When we think of the for-purpose sector, purpose is in an abundance here. You know, we're not in corporations who are doing conventional activities in the, in the marketplace who are then trying to find purpose in their work. Like, this work is purposeful. So, when we're talking about mission focus and like sort of Trace mentioned before, We have a lot of this purpose and meaningfulness in the work that we do, but sometimes we don't help people join those dots. And there's a number of different reasons as to why that's the case. And we're also going to talk to you about how you can do that better and what you need to really use this as your fuel for your organization to push you forward and have a reason as to why people should innovate. That's right. Innovation involves doing new things. And of course, that therefore means you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. And it's called a comfort zone because it's really comfortable. And your mission is what encourages people to take those bold steps. And it encourages people to try new things and to let go of what they're really comfortable with and step into something new. I think that's the most important thing here is that innovation is a buzzword. We've spoken about this a lot on this podcast. It's something that you know, we get phone calls from leaders in the sector saying, come out and do an innovation workshop with us and come out and do an innovation project with us. And our first question is why? Like, why are you doing? What are you actually trying to do? And there are people that have some really great uh, reasons for why they want to do stuff, but there is a little bit out there of innovation is kind of what we're being told to do at the moment. It's a buzzword. It's popular. You know, a lot of the time in this space that we're not just doing things because it's idealistic, we're doing things out of necessity. And so, what we always need to think about is why would we innovate? Why would we do things different? If that's potentially going to cost more, disrupt what we're doing today, there has to be a really good reason. And We've talked about this on a number of our episodes now, but there are sort of four areas that the most innovative and impactful not-for-profits have, and mission focus is that first one. And so, it's what we're going to really focus on today to sort of help you understand why do we need to focus on that mission. And I'll tell you why. I'll answer that question myself. Good question, Dan. Thank you. Is that the mission is that reason for innovating. It's that reason to change 
what we're doing today. It's that reason to get out of our comfort zone. It's that reason to maybe spend some of our resources in a different way or maybe even more of our resources. Or it may even be to stop doing something that we were doing previously so that we can do something better for tomorrow. That's what mission focus is and that's what we're going to talk about today. It's a necessity to have this. If you're going to say to your people, I want you to be more innovative, I want you to change, I want you to do things differently, you absolutely have to be really clear on the why and that's what this is all about. Yeah, and I'm glad that you sort of mentioned at that individual level because your mission is definitely what you're out to achieve as an organisation but that is what each individual person links everything they do towards. And so when you consider the amount of people that you're working with, each of them having that connection into the work that they do and the difference that that makes at a community level is where significant change occurs. And it's also where individuals get to have a better work experience because they get to understand how the job that they might be doing and we'll join an organization and we're inspired and we're excited about the change that we're going to make. But after a while, going to work sometimes just feels a bit blah. And it's that really strong mission that sort of gets people through that and it gets them really engaged in what they do day to day. Yeah. And I want to be really clear with something here too, is that this is a deliberate activity This is not something that you can be sitting here as a leader saying, oh, that just stuff just happens organically in my organization. We've seen enough of this to realize that just does not happen. It's a deliberate action of helping people join those dots. The common scenario that we see is that when someone joins an organization, they will see the mission of the organization. They'll see the purpose. They'll see the great work that this organization is doing. They would join that and for the first few months or so, they'll really feel that as part of their work. What will eventually happen though is that they will most likely start to become numb to that after a while when they start getting caught up in all the processes and the elements of the organization, the day-to-day of that work. And all of a sudden, that purpose that they were feeling at the very start starts to dwindle. I'm sure people can relate to what I'm saying here. It's quite a common thing that we see that, that happens. And so, And what our job is as leaders is to join those dots for people and to make it really easy. And we need to build this into the way that we work from many different perspectives so that any type of change or any type of leadership message that's in the organization is constantly linked to the importance of the work that we do. Because that means that we're not leaving people joining the dots up to chance. We're doing it deliberately on purpose so that those dots are going to be really easy for people to connect. And they can connect them themselves eventually as well if we're doing that enough. And when you get that, it's when people stay focused on the mission. And that's your biggest challenge as a leader in any type of organization is for people to stay focused. If we keep people focused, then we are pushing all our efforts into the same direction. When people lose that focus, and especially in environments where we don't have an abundance of resources, that becomes extremely inefficient. And not only from that, am I feeling the purpose coming to work every day perspective, but we also lose effectiveness because we have people going in directions that maybe they think the organization should go in or directions that are just not in the direction that we need them to go in. So it's a really important part of senior leadership. And yeah, the organizations that we see doing this stuff really well are super, super clear on this with their people. Like we can go in there and work with them and we can see 
in all the different conversations, the stuff that's up on the walls, the way that they run their meetings, what they're measuring, the conversations they're having around what they're measuring, all this mission stuff is built into all of that. And so when you walk in there, you feel the mission, the purpose, it's alive and you can understand how it's going, what they're doing, how they're going to get there and all those sorts of things. It's definitely a doing word, isn't it? It is the result of that deliberate and strategic activity and it is a force multiplier as well because the more conversations you initiate around the mission, the more conversations that are happening, but then after a while you'll notice it becomes self-generating. You know, people will be sharing a story of something that happened and they'll tie it into the mission. They'll be putting forward an idea and they'll be able to demonstrate in that conversation how clearly that ties into the mission and how that is expected to forward what it is that you're looking to achieve. If you're not quite where you want to be, they'll be noticing and they'll actually be saying, hey, look, I noticed that we're a little bit behind and we were looking to achieve this and here's my idea for how we can bring that forward. And all of a sudden, it's not just up to the leadership team to be able to bring that mission to life. The organisation becomes self-generating, but it really does take that very strategic and ongoing conversation so that everybody begins to pick up on that conversation. And one of my favourite sayings is just when you start to feel nauseous at the idea of mentioning it again is about the same time that people begin to really get it. So if you're sitting there listening to this and going, oh, no, no, we, we talk about our mission a lot, but it doesn't produce that feeling of nausea and, oh, really, we have to keep talking about it, you know you've still got an opportunity there. Yeah, and I'll add something on top of that too. When we ask a lot of execs about how well the mission is lived by the organization, we usually get a result saying, oh, yeah, absolutely, like everyone's all over it. And that sometimes is the case. But the true test, and we have a question around this in our this assessment tool that we use with people is to ask them a question of, if you were to ask people at all different levels of your organization though, what your key strategic priorities are, where the organization's heading in the next whatever period, like what that mission is essentially, would they all be able to answer correctly or even just most of them be able to answer correctly? That's the true test with this. If the answer is yes to that, you're probably nailing it and maybe even you might even want to go out there and do some test that in real life to test your assumption on that. But if the answer is no, then this is where you might want to focus on this element because when you do get that right, all of your change, all of the asking people to step out of their comfort zone to do something different, all of that sort of stuff becomes a lot easier for you. And you know, that's what we need to do when we're talking about innovation. That's how those things link together. Yeah. If you think about those organizations or those people or those teams that you see and you're like, wow, how do they manage to do all of that great stuff? This is the answer. <laughs> How they manage to do all of that great stuff is because they're really grounded in why they're doing it and they're all pushing in the same direction. So there is no wasted energy. Yeah, that's so true. So, Trace, like from your experience, instead of doing this, what are some other organizations doing? Like, why don't they have a strong mission focus in their organizations? It's an assumption because so often at that strategic level, you are very aware of the mission and the strategic priorities and you're very aware of the results and and so it feels like the organization is very mission focused 
as you said, you know, at the different levels of an organisation, we see differing results. And the most common assumption that gets in people's way is, I've got this, you know, we're doing this, it's very clear to everybody. But what's very clear to you when you're immersed in it is very different to what's very clear for other people who are immersed in different priorities and and are much more in the day-to-day and less sort of seeing what that mission looks like and what those results are and what needs to happen next to be able to achieve that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Another one that I see a lot too is that leaders are just so busy and so thinly stretched that they don't take the time and they don't make the time is probably a better way to really value these types of conversations and to do them well. I think sometimes some of the leaders that I've worked with have just been running from one spot fire to the next and then they're in this meeting and then they've got this problem to solve. I'm sure people can relate to this. It's a common way of working in the sector, unfortunately, just because of the nature of a lot of the work and how everything is structured. But the really good leaders that we've worked with, what they do is they say, hang on, that is how it's working, but I'm going to step back here and I'm going to book in time in my day that is a non-negotiable, it's not going to get moved or forgotten or cancelled or booked over the top of, and I'm going to make sure that when I'm doing any type of communication or parts of my job that are the leadership elements that I'm threading this stuff into my conversations and I'm deliberately joining dots for people and helping them to take them on that journey. That's what we see. Yeah, and I would say that it's not always about time. Sometimes it is just about being really deliberate about that because when I've seen it done very well, I wouldn't say that it's something that has taken a lot of extra time. It has potentially initially taken extra thought and in the beginning potentially extra time But once this works well, people are replacing conversations. So, you know, the start of a meeting, we'll be talking about how you're going. It will be refreshing what it means. It'll be talking about a particular result in the context of what that means to the mission. So, you know, it's not that there's extra conversations. It's just that the conversations are quite directed towards the mission rather than sometimes those beginning conversations might be about results. But without tying it into the mission. So it's not necessarily always about extra time. Sometimes it's just about being yeah, really deliberate about it. Like you said, it's not something that happens by accident, although quite often I think the assumption is that it will because these organisations are so mission-focused. They've got such a great purpose. Their reason for being is so clear that it seems like you don't have to continually mention it. Absolutely. Good point. Good point about the time thing too. Yeah. You're right. It's not always about that it necessarily takes more time. Maybe at the start it does to craft that message and to set it all up. But you're right. Once you do that, you start living and breathing this. It just becomes a part. You just change your focus on what you're doing, which is, yeah. Want to improve your co-design skills and confidence? Join Tracy Newman, the co-host of this podcast and head of impact at Impactor Consulting for the Co-Design for Impact training program. In this training, you'll explore co-design from start to finish, learning how to understand diverse stakeholder needs and create innovative solutions. You'll also get access to the co-design workbook with essential worksheets and connect with like-minded individuals from the social sector. Act fast because this popular course fills up quickly. Secure your spot now by clicking the link in this episode's show notes or visiting impactoconsulting.com.au forward slash co-design for impact. Remember, co-design for impact is one word with no hyphens. Don't miss this chance to enhance your co-design skills.
The other one that I've seen as well is that what you need to do here is to set a focus. And sometimes leaders can be apprehensive around setting a focus and a goal. I've been working with an organization recently and they're trying to do everything. They've got a whole heap of different focuses in their organization, but their key one is kind of education. But they're not saying that. They want to sort of say, oh, no, but we're doing all these different things. And it's really hard for a lot of the people that are there because it kind of feels like they're trying to do everything really well rather than a few things very well, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like actually be able to do one of those things and achieve something from that. And that's really tough working in an environment like that because we all know that you can't do everything really well. There are priorities that need to happen. When we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And so making it a true focus for people around this is what's truly important. It doesn't mean you you drop the ball on those other things. But what it does mean is it says this thing here is where we're really moving towards. And this is how we know when we're going to get to this place as well. And we're going to keep measuring this as we go. And we're going to keep dropping in initiatives. But I want you to know this is what we really need to nail. That's really helpful for not only your people, but also you and your team as well as the leaders, because it gives you that focus area. And yeah, we always know that when you have that focus, you're going to get good results in that area versus if you don't have that focus and it is very scattered, it's going to be really hard to get any movement across any of those areas. It is really tricky, but we all know that the most effective strategies are the ones that cover off what we're not going to do because often that's where the real difference is. If you are trying to hold on to everything, you end up not being great at any of them, whereas when you are really being strategic, it's as much about the really good decisions around what you're not pursuing as what you are pursuing. But so often we find it tricky to let go of things. You know, if we're not getting results, our first thought is, well, what else do we need to do? And we don't often think, well, is there something we're doing that we should stop doing? But both of those things are just as valuable in the right situation and the right circumstance. And I think one of the things that we see that really makes a difference with that is actually having that client-centered strategic plan. So when your strategic plan includes those perspectives in the very beginning and is aligned to what the people that you need support, it really does give you that increased confidence in your decision-making and increased confidence in that strategic direction. Yeah, I think it does start a lot with that. I mean, obviously, first of all, you need to know what your mission is. Get that sorted. That's the first step. Choosing a mission as an organization, I think, is the first step. And it's kind of what I was referring to before, that that can feel like a bit of a risk for some leaders. It can feel like saying no to some things. Maybe you have an expectation on yourself or your board has an expectation that you need to do everything. But let's get real here. We know that we can't do everything. So let's set that. And something like what this could look like is you might be an organization that works with the homeless and you might say, in Melbourne, we want to end homelessness by 2030 or something like that. That could be your mission as an organization. And it's really clear what you're trying to do, who it affects. You know, you might have a, something that's a bit of a call to action as part of that as well. And you can tell stories around that as well to help people understand why that's so important. So you've got that. And then what you want to have is a client-centered strategic plan. It is a strategic plan at the end of the day, but we specifically call out the client-centered bit because so many strategic plans aren't client-centered. So that's why that's there. But there are a number of different elements that make a good strategic plan. But essentially, this thing needs to be your strategy on how you're going to bring that mission to life. We see the best of these ones that really you can look at that document and go, I understand how you're here today 
and you want to get here and you've really thought through what are the different things that need to change and how are you going to get to where you need to get to. After reading that document, you can see that's clear. The ones that we see that aren't effective, things that have very broad sweeping statements like we want to get better at fundraising or we want to add value to our clients. They're really non-specific and just saying a lot of the things you'd like to see in a strategic plan. Our challenge to our clients is to try not to use any jargon in your strategic plan. Try and put it into just normal person language. It keeps it accessible, but what it also does is that it makes sure that what you're putting in there is actually meaningful and not the things that maybe should be in a strategic plan because it sounds like you're reading a strategic plan. It's just a different way of looking at it, but what it does mean is that you're going to be thinking hard about what does that actually mean? And when you say something like, we're going to add more value to your clients, what does that actually mean? Like, what is that? How do you get more specific? And then also, why are we doing that? And how does that link to the overall mission of the organization? If we get that sort of stuff, then it's a very valuable document. If it is something that are just a bunch of sentences that looks nice, it doesn't have the effect of what a strategic plan needs to have. Yeah, and I think you've nailed it there. If you look at a strategy and it seems like a no-brainer, like it, it's exactly what everybody would say at that point in time, the chances are it's not something that people are going to be able to use to help them make quality decisions. It is really just strategy talk. And then, of course, that next step is, right, well, then how do we embed this into everything that we do? So that, you know, we talked before, it's, it's got to be deliberate, it's got to be included in those conversations, but what conversations are being had across the organisation? How can we include this? And what conversations are we having outside of our organisation? Who are the partners that we're aligning with? Because, you know, we know in, in this day and age, it's, it's unlikely that we're going to be able to take on a really complex situations that that we're dealing with in this day and age and it's unlikely that one organization is going to be able to really solve that on their own it's really about working collaboratively to be able to really bring that mission to life so who are the other people who are dealing in this same space and how can we work with them so that we're creating this change at that sort of system type level yeah agree i think if you were to put this in different words is that this is how do you bring that strategic plan and that mission to life rather than it being an exercise that we do at the senior part of the organization and then it gets put on the website and then we review it in board meetings or in our exec team meetings? Like This is about what activities do we need to do to in order to bring that to life so that we live and breathe this thing across all aspects of the organization. That's what we're really talking about there. The organizations that are the most innovative and impactful in the work that they do in this space that's what they do. You know, like I said earlier, you can walk in there as a random person off the street. That's me. You can feel this stuff as soon as you walk in, you can hear it, you can see it, it grabs you, you know, and you go, oh man, I, I personally get really enthused and I get excited when I walk into organizations that are doing this well. And I'm just like, how can I help? You know, like it's, it's really, it's inspiring is what I'm trying to say. That's what it good looks like with this particular element. And that's actually what happens, isn't it? That, Greg, that's what we've seen when organisations really nail this. They do have people coming to them and saying, how can I help? They get excited. They get inspired. That is really a marker of success. If people are looking at it going, well, how can I help? What can I do? What's next? How do I get involved? And you're really attracting people 
to that mission, then that's when you know that you've really nailed it. And of course, a really big part of that is being able to sort of measure the progress because people like to be able to see that what they're doing is making a positive difference and being able to track that in a really simplified way so that everybody can go, oh, wow, like we're really making some progress here is really exciting and it is really inspiring. And conversely, if you're not quite having the progress that you want to have, you really want to know that as quickly as possible so that everybody knows that as quickly as possible and everybody can step up and step into that void that's being created And it's very tempting sometimes when we're not getting the outcomes that we want to go really quiet because it's not a fun conversation and we don't really love having that conversation. But if you can break through that and make sure that we're continuing to share those messages, then that's when that activity and that consistency, because we don't like it when there's an inconsistency between what we're out to achieve and what we're currently achieving we will sometimes step away from that conversation. But if we stay in that conversation, then action is what takes place. And so because we all find that uncomfortable, then that's when that action steps in. And again, that's when we're able to overcome that challenge of the results not really living up to the mission. Yeah. And I think on top of that too, is that the things that we're trying to influence in the social sector, quite often they're going to take a while often to to influence because they're quite complex and, and they're difficult a lot of the time to change. And obviously, if it was easy, we probably would have all done it by now. So measuring and communicating that progress on top of all the things that Tracy just mentioned is about bringing people on that journey along the way. Massive cliche, I totally know, but that's I couldn't think of a better way to put it. It really is, right? It's a long time between drinks if you've got a goal of doing something in 2030 and we're in 2023 right now and we don't hear much about that. We really need to, for our own sake as the leaders, but also for people across the organization to keep that progress ticking along. And like you said, Trace, if it's not going well, that's an important thing to talk about. If it's going really well, that's an important thing to talk about. Hey, if it's staying the same, that's an important thing to talk about because it helps people then make different decisions with that information. And it helps people to then potentially keep doing something, more of something or change something and be more innovative so that we do get the outcomes that we're looking for. So that's essentially what we wanted to talk about today. Like we said, this is something that is just so abundant in this space that everybody has so much of, but it's one of those little areas that we find in our consulting work that is just, it's a little hidden gem. And I think if we had more leaders that can tap into getting good at this type of leadership and choosing the mission for the organization, then working out a strategy to bring it to life, then bringing it to life through your leaders and ensuring that it's something that lives and breathes in the organization and becomes part of the organization's DNA and then measures that progress, that's when we're going to get true innovation. Because like we said at the start, it's that fuel when you get this right to take you from where you are today to where you want to go tomorrow. And that's what we're trying to do with innovation. So Trace, lovely talking to you as per usual. Hope you all enjoyed that one. Thanks, Dan. And we'll see you all on the next episode. See you then. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Innovate for Impact podcast. Any links to what we spoke about today will be posted in the show notes. If you'd like to know more about social innovation, visit our website where we have a heap of tools to help you on your way. 
visit impactoconsulting.com.au. Thanks for listening. Now go out there and make an impact.